0: Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, whatever time it is, wherever you are in the world, you are tuned in to the ABC7 Sports In Between the Lines podcast coming to you from Sarasota, Florida. I am yours truly, The X Factor, Xavier McKnight.
1: And I'm James Hill.
0: And boy, James, has it been a busy week for us here in the world of sports on the Sun Coast, in the state, and just all around. But as they say, busy is good.
1: Yeah, definitely a busy week. Uh, a lot of things happening. Uh, people here around the Sun Coast are looking at their favorite high school teams. There's baseball in the air, and then also out in in Vegas, uh, they're getting ready for one of the biggest football games of all time.
0: It's become more than a football game. It's become a a national extravaganza. I'm waiting for the day to come to where the Super Bowl and the day after the Super Bowl are going to be issued as national holidays because it's a day where families get around the TV and they gather and they eat their favorite foods. And whether they watch the football game, watch for the commercials, or watch for the halftime show, and it should be a great one in store this year with the Legendary R&B hip-hop artist uh, Usher Raymond, just learned Alicia Keys, is also going to be gracing the stage with him. Reba McIntyre is going to be gracing this concert as well. That's always a big part of it. But, of course, we watch for the football.
1: Definitely. You know, the Sunday on Super Bowl Sunday is a special day. It has something for everyone. As you say, the commercials, the entertainment piece at halftime, uh the football for all the football fans you can watch two of the best teams play for the trophy and then also all of the commercials and, and and all of the foods that you like to eat around the house whether it be the hot wings or the soft drinks or the chips and dips and Whatever you like, uh, Sunday is always a good day, Super Bowl Sunday.
0: James, I can go ahead and tell you for a fact I am planning on Sunday being a chicken wing bonanza for me.
1: (laughs) That's always fun. But, yes, we have
0: the Super Bowl 58 that's coming up on Sunday. Interesting matchup, the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. It's a rematch from four years ago in Super Bowl 54. A lot of things have changed with both of these teams, newer players on both sides. Of course, we know how that goes. Drafting, free agency trades. But one of the more marquee players on the mar- on the roster this time who was not there the last time around he's on the San Francisco 49ers his name is Mr. Christian McCaffrey and he is expected to have a huge game on Sunday
1: yeah he's a gentleman you you've watched play he runs the ball downhill you remember his days in Carolina all he's doing for San Francisco is running the ball getting first down scoring touchdowns If uh, he can't be wrapped up and he's a problem in terms of scoring the ball and moving uh, the ball downfield for first downs, that is a problem for Kansas City. They have to try to stop him from running. And then you look at Mr. Samuels, you look at Mr. Purdy and everything they're doing, Shanahan. uh, This is a formidable team. They're out west. They don't have to travel as far. But, again, I like – Uh, What Mr. Mahomes is doing, and I personally am riding with, even though I'm neutral, I'm riding with Kansas City this weekend, uh, let's say by a touchdown. I'm
0: neutral, and then again, I'm not. You all have heard me say on this platform several times in the past few weeks, Patrick's been my favorite quarterback for five years. He's been my favorite quarterback to watch since week three, 2018, against the Denver Broncos, Monday Night Football, fourth down to close out the game. I'm giving you the specifics on the moment he became my favorite quarterback. That should tell you for a fact he is my favorite quarterback. But James, I have not been this sure about a Super Bowl since I was sure that Tampa was going to defeat Kansas City pretty soundly in Super Bowl 55. And I'm going to roll with Kansas City on this when they come in as an underdog. But that defense, I feel that they're not getting the respect that they still deserve. What they went into Baltimore and did in the AFC championship game, that's not being talked about enough. Of course, Baltimore's play calling has to be called out for it. But you made Lamar Jackson not look like Lamar Jackson. And teams aren't really capable of being able to do that.
1: Definitely. Kansas City is special. You know, Spags and the guys, uh, they will come in with a game plan. They've been there before. Coach knows what that looks like. They're going to be formidable. But then you look at Shanahan, the pedigree, his dad, and everything that he's watched over the years. And San Francisco is coming in. They feel like they can win the game. Again, it's closer to California than this game is To Kansas City from the geography standpoint but this will be some kind of game and as you say lots of hot wings to eat and great commercials and usher at halftime this will be one of the best Super Bowls it should be in recent years. Well, let's
0: all hope that James is right on his prediction because my prediction is not even close to that. I'm going to predict that Kansas City is going to win this game by at least three touchdowns at minimum. I say that it's going to be a competitive first half, and midway through the third quarter, Kansas City is going to start pulling away. They have started to embrace the villain role more. They're embracing that more. Something else that needs to be talked about, Patrick Mahomes has never lost a game in Allegiant Stadium yet. That is the stadium where the Super Bowl is being held in Las Vegas. It is the home of the Las Vegas Raiders. He's never lost there. He's very comfortable there. And this Kansas City team, they have just flipped that proverbial switch, as we talk about in sports, since the calendar turn for the playoffs to start. They've looked like a totally different team, especially on offense. And I believe Andy Reid James, the genius of a coach that he is, and him having two weeks to prepare. And this is taking nothing away from Mr. Shanahan, but, I mean, Let's just go ahead and get into it. I'm from Georgia. I watched Mr. Shanahan lead the Falcons offense to a 25-point lead in the Super Bowl, only to find a way in a combination with so many other things to lose the game. I watched Mr. Shanahan four years ago have a lead in a Super Bowl in the fourth quarter and find a way to lose the game. I still don't trust him in those big game spots yet. But getting back to Andy Reid, What I believe Andy Reid and that coaching staff have studied the most, what did Detroit do in the first half of the NFC championship game that had San Francisco looking so discombobulated? What say you?
1: Definitely. uh, And when you you look at Detroit, they were very successful, but then they hit a brick wall, right? And uh, you got to do the things that got you there. And uh, Detroit – they didn't follow up, you know. So when you look at San Francisco, it's going to be interesting to see. Very curious when you look at Brock Purdy, what is he going to do? How is he going to respond on the big stage? Is he going to come out and just play a normal football game and, and do the things that he's done to be successful? Or is he going to struggle? That's yet to be seen. I'm not sure what the answer is. A lot of people will be looking to see uh, what Mr. Irrelevant or what Mr. Relevant, what he does. And this is a golden opportunity for him to have a, a, a very good game and then cash in because he's still on a rookie contract. So this could be a special moment for him. I just don't know what that looks like. And, of course, Coach Reed and his guys have other things planned. And –
0: Me picking San Francisco to lose by that much at minimum, I want to preface this by simply saying it has nothing to do with Brock Purdy and this whole argument about is he a game manager, is he a game changer. He's a very good NFL quarterback. I just think the San Francisco 49ers as a whole are running into the wrong team on the wrong day on the wrong stage. James, when I look at Patrick Mahomes' play, I've heard older people say this, especially those in my family recently. I believe I'm getting my experience of what it was like to watch Michael Jordan play in the 90s when he hit that era where it was like, "Okay, you're just not going to beat him this time. This guy looks like he's unbeatable at this point.
1: You know, there are certain players who kind of will themselves, They, they impose their will on any given night, any given game. It's almost like, uh, and you're familiar with Kobe Bean Bryant. You, you, you had the opportunity to watch him go to work and even a LeBron. Uh, but when you look at these guys, it's like, okay, I'm going into this stadium this Sunday and you can't stop me. And it's about winning and making sure my team gets what we need to be successful. And certain guys just have that it factor. Uh, you know, you talked about Jordan. You you look at a Patrick Mahomes, and uh, it, it's, it's hard to deny guys when they get in that zone. A Larry Bird or or a Magic Johnson or even you know some uh, Emmitt Smith or or, or a, a Prime. Uh, there, there's certain Deion Sanders. There's certain a uh, Joe Montana, right? A Jerry Rice. There's certain guys that they go in there and they kind of just grab that opportunity and they won't let it go.
0: And speaking of guys who want to grab the opportunity and not let it go, we're going to get back to the Kobe Bryant thing in just a second. I'm actually glad you brought it up, but we're going to stay on topic with this one. Mr. Richie James, a returner for the Kansas City Chiefs, he's looking to get his first Super Bowl ring. And Richie is a Suncoast Native, ladies and gentlemen, he graduated from Riverview High School. He was actually a member of the 49ers four years ago when they played against the Kansas City Chiefs in Super Bowl 54. And now he, another Suncoast native, Mr. Austin Ryder, who is looking for his third ring. Austin has amazingly been on all four of these Super Bowl trips with this Kansas City team. And also Mr. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who he's not from the Sarasota or Manatee County area he's originally from St. Petersburg so still pretty close by but not Sarasota and Manatee but he has spent some time down here training before in the past with coaches so we look forward to seeing if some of the native sons of the Suncoast will be able to bring their championship rings back and flash them off and bring some motivation and inspiration now James I have to tell you I had a chance to talk to Austin Ryder on Thursday very cool guy I asked him, I said, Austin, if you guys win, will you be bringing the Vince Lombardi trophy to Sarasota? And he instantly said, I don't believe we have the power to do that. That's reserved for Coach Reed and Patrick and Travis Kelsey. But they can, of course, bring those championship rings, and that's inspiration enough.
1: Yeah, championship rings are something that, Every player on planet Earth who competes for any sort of title wants, right? And so when you look at the opportunity to win a Super Bowl ring or another Super Bowl ring, that's special. And that's something that money can't buy, right? So if he can go get his third ring and bring it back to the Sun Coast very special.
0: And we also had a chance to catch up with David Boss, another son of the Suncoast, Super Bowl champion with the New York Giants in Super Bowl Forty Six. David talked with me about some of his memories being in Indianapolis and just what that entire time was like and just soaking it all in. And it was great to catch up with David. And David actually, he has a close relationship with Austin Ryder. He knows of Richie. He's not as close with Richie as he is with Austin, and I would expect that just simply because of the offensive line connection right there, but he, of course, Richie being an alum, he's got nothing but love for him, and, you know, he wants to see them bring it home.
1: Yeah, David Boss, a special guy, uh, played with the Giants, uh, got it done, got that ring that you talked about, and then also he's part of the uh, Riverview Rams family, uh, the Rams nation, and also a Michigan player, so He's a special guy, and and again, he's been able to provide some insight on what it feels like and what it looks like to go through these experiences, and San Francisco, they have an opportunity. This is what they wanted. They won the NFC. They played well at home. They beat a Detroit team. Now they have a chance to go into Vegas, but Patrick Mahomes is there, and a lot of people felt like uh, going back earlier in the season that... He did not have the the talent around him to make plays and and catch the ball and, and and get those completions and and get those first downs. But everything is clicking now. Their defense is helping them win games, and Patrick Mahomes is that guy.
0: And I want to harp on to that point just a little more, if I may, because when people listen at this and say. Oh, you said Mahomes is unbeatable, but he's lost to Brady twice in the postseason and Burrow in the postseason. Yes, that is true. But the reason I believe he's at a point now to where he's unbeatable, what you have to remember is that when those losses happened, it was earlier in his career, and Patrick has admitted this himself, he was still and is still learning how to play The quarterback position in the NFL at the best level he can do it. And now I believe he's doing it. He's throwing the ball away when he needs to throw the ball away. He's scrambling out of trouble when he needs to scramble out of trouble. He's willing to just do some of the things that we did not see him do in the past. We used to see Patrick honestly just show off that arm talent and just fling the ball down the field especially when Tyreek Hill was on that team and it just be like well Tyreek's down there somewhere but the problem is there would also be a defender down there as well and sometimes the defenders would get lucky enough to come up with a nice present and take it back for the bread basket that being the football whether it was an interception or whether it was a pick six Patrick He hasn't been turning the ball over nearly as much this year. I know that this is arguably his worst statistical year as an NFL pro. For some, that would still be a career season, so that just tells you where his standards are. But a lot of this is due to those receivers that were dropping passes during the regular season. James, they're not dropping the passes anymore. I have seen a totally different receiving core since the playoffs started.
1: Definitely, uh, they're making plays. They're catching the ball, they're making those completions in their and they're scoring. And again, when you have a talent like uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, he can throw that ball side-armed. He can throw uh, on the boot, on the run. Uh, he can go over the top. He has a lot of things in his tool case that he can do to uh, make this team uh, better and, and help this team get down the field and score. Yes, he ran for his life against uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a team that we cover. Sure, he did. But you know, these days he has a defense and he has an offensive line that is a offense, if you will, to help him. Uh, it's going to be an interesting Sunday, and and this guy is, is is special. He's a generational talent. You you've never seen anything like it. And uh, I wouldn't bet against him this week. I'm not a betting man, and I'm neutral. But I just feel like Kansas City is the team to beat this weekend. And I could be wrong. Uh, San Francisco, you know, they're hungry, and they'll be there, and and they're ready to play. But, but again, I just feel like, you know, Kansas City. Well,
0: let's get back to Mr. David Boss for a second because he is actually – not picking the Chiefs to win this game. Yes, he's rooting for Richie and Austin and Marquez to get their rings, but it should be noted that David Boss's NFL career started out with the San Francisco 49ers. And when I spoke with him, what he said was, if the defense can make Patrick uncomfortable, meaning the 49ers, and they can get him to scrambling and they can frustrate him, He's picking San Francisco to win this game 24-21, to 21. and it's not a bad prediction to go with. I just think it's going to be Kansas City's defense that's going to make Brock Purdy uncomfortable first, and that's why I think that's going to give the Chiefs an advantage to do what it is that I believe they're going to do in this game. It's not far-fetched to believe that San Francisco's defense can make Patrick uncomfortable, but I believe Kansas City's defense will equally make Brock Purdy uncomfortable, if not more.
1: Definitely, uh, you know, from a strategy standpoint, if they can keep Mahomes, keep him running, uh, don't give him a lot of time, uh, apply a lot of pressure, load the box, and really just try to uh, play some good defense. But they have to score in order to play the way they want to play. They have to score – to, to shorten the game and to keep it a certain way, you know, they can get it ugly and they can maybe do some things to, to help uh, shift the game in, in their direction. But, again, you have to contain uh, Patrick Mahomes. Good luck with that. It's possible. Uh, we watched Tampa Bay do it. And I just don't know if, if you know, if it will happen this weekend but certainly, I mean, if you can keep the defense on, if you can keep, if you can tire out that particular defense and keep that team on the field, anything's possible. But you have to score, you know. But you do have the personnel, the running game of a McCaffrey. You do have what what it takes to win, uh, Samuels. But you have to get out there and make it happen.
0: Well, you have our predictions. You have the prediction from David Boss. He's going with the Niners. We're going with the Chiefs. Before we get into district championships, though, James did bring up a special person, a special name just a minute ago, Mr. Kobe Bryant. Uh, We want to send congratulations and uh, honestly all love and positivity that we can to the Lakers, Laker Nation, the NBA, Kobe Bryant's family. On Thursday night, February 9th, there was the unveiling of what is going to be one of three statues of Kobe Bryant in front of the Crypto.com arena. His wife, Vanessa, his widow, revealing that information during that ceremony on Thursday. And nobody's more deserving of it, especially in that Lakers purple and gold. The first statue that was unveiled showed Kobe Bryant wearing number eight and pointing up. This was after he scored the 81 points against the Toronto Raptors in 2006. The next statue that's going to be unveiled, or one of those two next statues that will be unveiled, is a statue of him and his daughter Gianna, who also unfortunately passed away with him, and those seven other beautiful souls in that helicopter crash back on January 26th of 2020. And a third statue will be of Kobe Bryant wearing number 24. Not exactly sure what the montage of it is going to be, just what the stance of it is going to be. But there are going to be three statues there. And just want to send all that love and congratulations to all those folks there because although it's a happy occasion, it's also a sad one as well because just simply it's still very hard to believe that he's not here. And Shaquille O'Neal said it best when he said, if we had one wish for this night, it would be that he was here to be there for that moment.
1: Yeah, shout out to Kobe, Kobe, Bean, Bryant. Uh, what a great person, a winner, a champion. Shout out to everyone, and, and may they rest in peace who were uh, a part of that uh, uh, tragedy on that particular day in Calabasas. Yeah, uh, phenomenal uh, artifacts going up, looking at some of the pictures now. And, you know, it's, it's still unbelievable that he's not with us. Um, it hurts to look at this had the opportunity to talk to him a few times after games and watch him play, and and we've all watched, you know, great talent like this, uh, and, and we watched his career, and what a player, uh, a young guy who really was thriving and really getting after it, and he wanted to be the best. He had that thirst and that hunger to compete, and you saw him play with Shaquille O'Neal. You saw him carry the Lakers after Shaq was on to Miami, and will this team to victories to championships go through Boston? Lose one to Boston, beat Boston once, and just just a great great basketball talent. And there will never ever be another Kobe Bean Bryant. Uh, a lot of people felt like he had a lot of Jordan's attributes. 2.0, uh, just a special talent. And again, it, it's 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 hard to believe that he's been gone for for a while.
0: I, I I will say I am very grateful for the Mamba mentality, and very grateful for the type of competitor that Kobe was. And the story I did earlier this week about the Riverview Rams, I actually began my intro talking about how. Kobe was in a post-game press conference after Game 2 of the 2009 NBA Finals, and he wasn't smiling. He didn't look happy. And the reporter asked him, "He's like, Kobe, why don't you look happy? You guys are up 2-0 to in the NBA Finals. And Kobe looked at me and said, job's not finished. Job finished? I don't think so. And those have been some words, honestly, James, that I have lived by for a long time now. It's something that really still stands out to me. And just, as you said, a huge shout-out to Kobe Bean Bryant, Um, May he continue to rest in peace and may his memory continue to live on. But that segues us into the game that Kobe played the best that brought so many fans to basketball. And James, we've had district championships and playoffs happening all week here on the Suncoast. Huge congratulations to give out tonight. Let's start at Riverview High School. The girls team hosting the Venice Lady Indians coming in on a mission, and they got the job done, winning 62-55 to to claim the district championship over a Riverview Lady Rams team who I believe many actually thought would blow those girls out tonight.
1: Yeah, Riverview Lady Rams, a special team, very good coach, very good tradition, very good talent. Uh, It just wasn't in the cards for whatever reason. It didn't happen, but they have nothing to be ashamed of. Uh, they continue to play, and they continue a, a great program at a high level, and they'll just keep on doing what they do, whether it be next season or whenever it is. Uh, they're always a tough out. But, yeah, uh, the saga continues, and, and it's that time of year. Everybody's trying to get to Lakeland.
0: Speaking of teams trying to get to Lakeland, I told you guys a couple of months ago when the Booker Tornadoes were struggling, I was like, oh, they just need a chance to get in. They just need a chance to get in, and once they get in, you're going to see them turn it up a notch. Some very much Kansas City Chiefs activity that's going on right here. The Booker Tornadoes routing DeSoto County to win their district championship. And, James, you were on tap for that.
1: Yeah, very interesting team. You know, they had so much success. Back-to-back district champions last year when they got on the bus to go back to the Final Four in, in Lakeland as we say and then this year they come back some of those players had graduated and they had a new group and some younger talent coming in and so they had some injuries and thriving through adversity as we talk about here on ABC 7 Sports and they stayed together kind of like Kansas City and sooner or later it, it just kind of clicked and they were able to will themselves like a Kobe Bryant during these get tough games, wheeled themselves to victory. Uh, they played well down the stretch, and DeSoto came in, and when I walked in that gymnasium, it was electric, and they won that game, what, 59 to 29. Uh, they hoisted the, the district trophy, and uh, they have a proud group. Uh, a young lady was able to score her 1,000th point, over one go over the 1000 scoring mark uh this week and so they have a team that is special a good coach and they will be a tough out and if they can continue to play this well going towards Lakeland like all the teams want to who knows they could maybe they can do something special they they they're going to continue to try
0: we also want to send congratulations to the Cardinal Mooney girls team, and as well as Parish Community High School. They won their district championships tonight as well. Cardinal Mooney absolutely running Bradenton Christian out of the building. The final score was seventy-three to thirty in that one. Uh, Parish Community High School winning the Class Five A District Ten, defeating Sebring fifty-nine to thirty-two. So, there is some good basketball here on the Sun Coast. The Boys' District Championships will be getting underway tomorrow, and James and I will be on tap for that as well.
1: Definitely. Uh, you talk about Sebring. Uh, Braden River will play Sebring tomorrow. Uh, that game will be a 7 o'clock tip off. Uh, we'll go cover that, definitely. Then, they'll also, um, Booker will have a game at home, and that's going to be interesting. Uh, you think about Sarasota, the Sailors, Coach Ivy, very good team, and they're playing Northport, and they have a good good team. Tomorrow will be a good night for basketball here on the Suncoast. I'm
0: expecting that Sarasota game to be jam packed tomorrow.
1: Definitely think so. Uh, they shoot the ball well. They run the floor. They have a good coach. They're hard to beat, especially in their building over at Sarasota High School. If you're not hitting shots and defending and playing the game the right way, it's going to be a long night if you don't play for Sarasota and you're playing against them.
0: And teams that are looking to continue to advance as well, pivoting to some soccer now, the Riverview Lady Rams. I think it's pretty safe to say that the celebration, it's only for the community now at this point. And they are officially back to business because they have to take on Palm Harbor on Tuesday. Now, it helps that that game is going to be at the Ram Bowl and their fans are going to show up and show out for them. But Palm Harbor is a team to be reckoned with, folks. They have made the final four of the state playoffs the previous two seasons. They did not win their district this year, which is why they're coming to Riverview in the first place. But the Lady Rams, they're not afraid, they're not intimidated. And a huge reason is because they know who they are, they know how they play, and they know their fans have their back.
1: Riverview is a good program, right? And uh, you think about Palm Harbor, they're also good. They're on the road, uh, 13-3-1. They'll come into Riverview and and try to get them. Riverview has a lot of talent. Uh, we, We had them on our Friday night game night. And uh, you know some of their leaders, their captains, just talked about how, how they will play hard at home. And it, it's going to be a good game.
0: And Ram Nation, I know you guys have been calling me. You'll see me on Tuesday night, barring anything unforeseen. So, girls, looking forward to you all coming out and continuing to get the job done.
1: Had an opportunity, uh, when you think about boys basketball, um, IMG Academy, had an opportunity to stop by IMG and uh, see that team and that program. What a phenomenal place for a young person to further their education and, and go over and work on their whatever game they play, whether it be tennis or baseball, basketball. It really doesn't matter what sport it is. You know at IMG is going to be the, the best that the earth can offer. In uh, that special, and IMG uh, played against Long Island Lutheran. They lost that game in overtime, 83 to 81. A high-scoring game, but IMG is a special place, and it's right here on the Sun Coast in Bradenton.
0: James, you were out there for our 5 and 6 p.m. newscast, even though we were not able to be on at 6 p.m. Obviously, for a lot of the breaking news reasons that we had that happened earlier in the day. But tell me, what was that crowd like? just in terms of the fan attendance for the game?
1: A lot of fans were there tonight, especially in in a lot of times I go over there, I don't see as many people in their arena. But tonight there were a lot of people there, parents and students and people all ages. It had that feel to it. And Long Island is a good team. You know, Long Island Lutheran is the fourth ranked team on a national level. IMG was ranked 13th coming in, and and the crowd was was very good. And, uh, yeah, that was a special place tonight.
0: So congratulations to Lutheran on their victory. IMG still one of the better teams in the country as well. But, yep, we've had a very busy week this week, folks. It's going to continue to be busy next week as well. One of the other things that we've been busy with, and speaking of surprises, the Savannah Bananas. If you don't know who they are, just get on social media and you'll find out. So for those who, and I can give you some of the backstory on this because I was in the city of Savannah when this team was established in 2016. They came in as a wooden bat league. They're not a minor league baseball team. I want to clear that up for some who may think that they are. They're not a minor league baseball team. They're an independent team. And they came in in 2016 as a wooden bat league team that just played against college players during the summer who wanted to keep playing baseball. And now they have blossomed and grown into this dancing, singing, baseball playing phenomenon known as banana ball. And I had a chance along with one of our superstar producers here at ABC seven, Brianna Emmel, We had a chance to go up to George Steinbrenner field in Tampa And see this team take on the party animals who are also based out of Savannah. They're also a team that branches off of the Savannah Bananas. So the Savannah Bananas went from being a team that some of the people, if not most of the people of Savannah, did not want to having another team that they're playing against that branches off of them. Go figure. Another thing to go figure about that's so different about Banana Ball and it complicates the rules of baseball and it would drive those die-hard baseball fans crazy if something like this was to ever actually be implemented in organized MLB or college baseball rules if you catch a foul ball at a at a Savannah Bananas game it is an out i'm going to say that again if you catch a foul ball at a Savannah Bananas baseball game you know we go to baseball games And when balls come off the bat and it's a foul ball, that's one of the moments that fans look forward to the most. Whether they have their glove or whether they're catching it with their bare hands or in a cup that a beverage may be in. They look forward to coming away with a foul ball as a souvenir. If you do that at a Savannah Bananas baseball game, it is an out. It is one of the most bizarre things that I have seen, but it is a show like no other. They call it the greatest show in the world. I don't know if I'd go that far into saying that, just simply because I have not seen all of the greatest shows in the world yet. But I will say that they truly are the Harlem Globetrotters of baseball, James.
1: Definitely. You took the words right out of my mouth. Think about what the Harlem Globetrotters do. They entertain, right? Yeah, it's a basketball game, but they entertain fans all ages. There's music, there's dancing, there's skits. There's all these different things that are happening within the game, and that's what the Bananas do a lot of times. And obviously, Xavier and our producer were, were, was able to go up there, and that's a special thing. They were in Tampa, over at the uh, Steinbrenner Field, uh, the home of the Yankees, and uh, yeah. That's very interesting. I like their jerseys. I like their colors. I like what they do. It's very interesting. They have some very nice uniforms and a very nice look. And when you look at their website and you see all the things they do, this is a special team. Their front office, all their fans and all their, their, their team and everybody is, is, is really happy. And it, it looks like a fun, memorable experience And I would suggest that people get an opportunity to see them if they can.
0: And you'll have that opportunity. Well, check those ticket sales. But the Savannah Bananas and the Party Animals, they are playing at Steinbrenner Field again later today in Tampa at 1 p.m. So if you miss Thursday and you miss Friday, there's still Saturday and there's still a chance to get out there and to see the Bananas play banana ball on what is the 2024 banana world tour once again it is an extreme extravaganza i want to give a shout out to a couple of people if i may starting off with the savannah bananas organization and the hospitality that they showed us in our trip up to tampa they were absolutely phenomenal i want to give a shout out to sean brown sean brown is a friend of mine but also someone who is a suncoast resident now but when the savannah bananas were established Sean Brown was their announcer. So to give you a little about this story as well, when I was a student at Savannah State University from the fall of 2014 until the fall of 2018, when I graduated with my bachelor's degree, Sean Brown was one of the first people I met in the mass communications department. He's a much older gentleman than me, but he was a student at Savannah State at the time. But what he also was, was the announcer for all of the Savannah State sports teams. You would... If you're driving by on the highway going down 3219 College Street, especially during football season, you hear Sean Brown's voice telling you it's third down, you hear him saying it's the powerhouse of the South, the magnificent Savannah State marching band. He was the voice of Savannah State sports full-time at the time, all of the sports. Well, he was also the voice of the Savannah Sand Nats. But then the Sand Nats were discontinued. And this was an actual minor league baseball team. They were an affiliate of the New York Mets. They weren't very good, but the city loved them. And when the Sand Nats were taken away, and one of the names that was proposed for the new baseball team that would be coming in, even though they wouldn't be minor league, but they wanted to continue to play baseball at old historic Grayson Stadium in Savannah, Georgia, one of the oldest baseball stadiums in the country. And when Savannah Bananas was proposed, oh my goodness, the outrage from the city that came from that, which is why it's so phenomenal that eight years later, they have grown into an Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Snapchat, whatever social media sites you use, they have grown into such a sensation. But to get back to Sean Brown for a second. The opportunity came about for him to be able to go and become the full-time broadcaster and DJ of the Savannah bananas. And he took the opportunity and him taking that opportunity. It led to me being able to get some of my opportunities with Savannah state university's athletics department. It led to me being able to become a sideline reporter for football, a color commentator for men's and women's basketball, a public address announcer for baseball, softball, and any other sports in between that was needed. So honestly, I really want to take this time to say thank you to Sean for being a part of my journey this entire time, being a mentor for me in this business, and just everything that he's meant to the Savannah Bananas organization and Savannah State University as a whole, and now what he means to the Suncoast, especially the Southeastern Guide Dogs, which is where he works.
1: Very, very, very informative. Very good. Yeah, definitely special to have people like that on earth who know the game and who can pass the torch and the legacy. And shout out to Sean and the Savannah Bananas who you can find on their world tour.
0: And we also want to give a huge shout out to all of the young student athletes here on the Sun Coast, around the state and around the country, but especially here on the Sun Coast, National Signing Day was Wednesday, folks, and it was a special day for so many young athletes, their families, their coaches, their teachers, their principals. You get to see some of all of the people who have been a part of this journey of helping them fulfill these dreams, no matter the sport they play. Of course, we know that this day is a lot about football, but you get to see baseball and rowing, and soccer, and basketball, and equestrian riding, you get to see all these different sports on display. And you see the smiles, you see the laughs, you see the tears of joy, you hear the I'm so proud of you, the hugs, just the moment. And and it's just so gratifying. And we are just so thrilled for all of the student-athletes in our area.
1: Definitely. I had an opportunity to stop by Venice High School, and they had nine student-athletes, and they had four of those nine were football players, right? They had uh, one gentleman who was one of the fastest. Uh, he's, a, he's kickoff return, punt return. Uh, you can put him in the slot and throw it around to him anywhere, and he'll probably score. He's that fast, and he's just a speedster. But make a long story short... Uh Zaycaro Lewis uh he had Colorado, Alabama and uh, so many different schools that were after him. And a lot of times on signing day is very interesting. We use the term flip where a player at the last minute you think that player is going to one school, school A so to speak, he ends up at school B. So I walk into Venice High School and they have the backdrop set up in the high school. They have the table set up and the student athletes are seated uh, he has on a sweat jacket and at some point he unzips his jacket and what do we see we see he tells us he, he tells me he says he's taking his talents to Tulane University and that's special I mean he, he said it was the best decision for he and his family at the time I said well you do know that uh, you will eat pretty good jambalaya and I said, you do know the Saints will keep an eye on you because they'll see you a lot. So uh, that's a great opportunity. Then also uh, the running back, uh, Alvin Johnson, he signed with Bethune-Cookman University. And then they also had uh, uh, Dylan, uh, the defensive back, who also plays both ways. He's going to USF, uh, so we can cover him at Raymond James. And then they had a defensive player uh, who was also going to Mount Union, uh, one of the toughest uh, Division Three teams in the country, who uh, you hear a lot about Mount Union on the national level. Um, and then they had some young ladies who were are going to play softball and uh, going to good schools like Dartmouth University, and, and, and just a special day on the Sun Coast, uh, yeah, and, and all across the land.
0: You brought up the Saints for Mr. Lewis. I'm going to bring up another team that will definitely be keeping an eye on him, and that would be that team in Baton Rouge, the LSU Tigers. Mm. But he'll definitely be eating good jambalaya, good gumbo, good crawfish, and a bunch of other good things I'm not going to say right now to continue to make me hungry. Shout out to the people in New Orleans right now. Hope you all are being safe and vigilant during this week of Mardi Gras. Just wanted to uh, point that out. I had a chance to go to four of our high schools in the area. Southeast High School, having four student-athletes there. Paul Middle high school had five all five were football players and all five were team captains during the 2023 season that is just absolutely phenomenal a pair of those teammates mr rockland lodge and also the young man jacoby Morell, they will be going to gannon university together that is absolutely phenomenal parish community high school they showed up and showed out. They had 20 student athletes sign on National Signing Day. And Manatee High School, it was a special day, 13 signees at Manatee High School. And Mr. Bowling, the athletic director, James, he almost got a little choked up there at the end of the ceremony, just uh, reflecting on the fact that the day before signing day, he met with all of those athletes one-on-one, and they all individually told him Thank you for all that you have done for me. And it's very special. And one of the things that he pointed out that the reason it was making him so emotional is because it shows you that they were raised right. And you and I, we've had a chance to go and be out amongst so many of these young student athletes in these communities here in Manatee and Sarasota counties. And I can definitely second what he's saying.
1: Definitely a a lot of uh, great students. I'm going to use the term great because they are, are very good people, and they're being raised right. They have the luxury of having a father and a mother in many cases. In some cases, they may not have, you know, that's their business. But what I will say is they're very good human beings. They're very good people. They're hardworking, and they're going out there, and they're getting an education. They're playing sports at a high level level. Uh, Robinson, a young man who is a defensive tackle over at Manatee, uh, he, he decides to take his talents to UCF. Uh, he had places like Texas and so on and so forth. Uh, you look at a uh, young lady who is uh, playing um, softball and track over at Sarasota High. Uh, she decided she flipped, and she's going to Jackson State. Uh, she was going to go to. Uh, she had committed to Tennessee State University. Um, so what you find is is players uh, end up going to what they feel like is the best fit for them at the time. Uh, but yes, a lot of great student athletes, and I want to use the term "great" here on the Sun Coast. These people are hardworking, and the students really, really, really work hard. A young lady over at Cardinal Mooney taking her talents down to the University of Miami. Um, Some special students around here and what they're doing at Parish. All the young people there getting scholarships and going on. That's a beautiful thing.
0: Yes, uh, a beautiful thing. Great athletes, but even better people. And at the end of the day, that's what's more important. It's about how you treat people and who you are as a person. But, of course, we're very proud of their athletic accomplishments as well. Just once again, a huge congratulations to everyone. Spring training baseball is coming up, and you can best believe that we'll be on tap for that. Talking with the Braves, the Pirates, the Orioles. We have more coming soon. Folks, we also learned this week that we have some more ABC7 swag, as you'd say, some paraphernalia, and when we go out to these baseball games, you can expect to see them as well. Uh, We got a taste of this at the Savannah Bananas game. We have ABC7 baseballs, and you can best believe that when we're out at the spring training games, when you're out there as the fans, we are expecting you to take home an ABC7 baseball when we're out there throwing them. But that was a lot of fun to be able to do that at the game on Thursday, James, to uh, really connect with those fans out there for the Savannah Bananas. And one thing I want to say about the Savannah Bananas and that show, that's something else that's for everybody. I mean, Whether you like baseball or you don't, the singing, the dancing, the entertainment, it's all about bringing people together.
1: Definitely, and that's the beautiful thing about that experience. Uh, y- you know, again, you look at the Globetrotters and what they've done for years, but imagine that within a baseball concept. Imagine that at a baseball stadium, the music, the baseball. Again, if there's a foul ball, as Xavier said, it's, it's not so much as a souvenir. That's an out. So some of the rules and some of the things, the way they do things may be different, but it's an experience I would, I would think you wouldn't forget. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this edition
0: of the ABC7 Sports In Between the Lines podcast. We'll see you next week with another huge star-studded week. Depending on what happens with the Super Bowl, we may be hearing from Mr. Boss and Mr. Ryder again. But until then, I am the X-Factor Xavier McKnight.
1: And I'm James Hill.
0: And thank you for listening to the ABC7 Sports In Between the Lines podcast. Be safe and be well.